Welcome to your doom. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of That's The Issue, the only comic book podcast around that gets to know you through the issues that you love. My name is Matt Goodman and I am your host. Joining me is my co-host and friend Wes Messner. Wes, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing very well, Matt. How about you? Good. I'm alright. I'm addicted at the moment to Avengers Academy. I'm playing it on my phone constantly. Have you played it? Which game is it you're playing? Avengers Academy. It's um, oh lord, you're, you you've embraced mobile um, game crack. Um, that, that sucked in totally. I've not paid any real oh, no. money for it, so I feel justified in being able to play it. But it's constant. I I, I can't say much. I'm 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 between playing this Final Fantasy mobile game that that just came out recently. Um, what was it? This it is da, 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 it is. Final Fantasy Brave Xevious, Xevious, which is pretty much all these old Final Fantasy, all these Final Fantasy characters in the one into one like role playing game. Oh, wow, okay. With, was that free? But it's free. But they go. But hey, if you want some things to be a little bit easier on you, like materials and crap like that, you might want to pay some money. Oh yeah. Want to yeah. get some characters a little faster? Might want to pay some money. Yeah. If you want anything to happen it, interesting, you have to pay some money for it. Yeah. Pretty much, and and then I've also been tweaking around with that, with the Pokemon game. Ah oh, man, that's the that's one of the only reasons I'm playing Avengers Academy as well because I'm so jealous that Pokemon Go is a thing in America and it's not in the UK yet. We have to wait. It, not yet, but it should be. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I, I, it, this is it's my feed is Pokemon. Yeah, it is. It's like it's mine it's as like, well. like I go on Facebook, it's Pokemon. I go on Twitter, it's Pokemon. Everyone is. And so, so I went, okay, so I've got, like, only three Pokemon. I feel like an underachiever. <laughs> You've I, not I, been I, in I captured places, two, clearly. Yeah, I, 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 I captured two Pokemon in a hardware store. I, That's cool. I, I, was, I had to go to the post office today. So I was in the post office, like, da 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 da, da And I was like, oh, I'll get on my Pokemon Go and see. And there's, like, a Pidgey and a Weedle. So, <laughs> and so I was like, okay, so I captured a Pidgey. In front of you. Seriously, I, I am in a hardware store capturing Pokemon, and I'm just like, come on. That's great. Come on, Pokeball. I was just on, come on, Pokeball. I was just on Twitter, like, just before we come on the show, and I was watching, and I saw Marguerite Bennett had retweeted someone, and they're sat on the toilet, and they're on their, on the top of their toilet roll is, uh, like, a crabby, and, and all they put is, do you mind? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you mind, please? <laughs> no. Crazy. You, you know. Okay. Again, this is something I know is going to happen. I, I know it's going to happen somehow when there's going to be someone's going to be at the Grand Canyon. Yeah. And they're, just going, and they're going to see a Pokemon at the Grand Canyon. It's going to be right down there. They're going to have to go down there and get it. Right, right down that Grand Canyon. <laughs> and, so, and, and it's like, and or someone's going to find like Grand Canyon or someone's going to find it at some like, or the craziest one. Like there's going to be some secure facility that no one should walk into. Yeah. Like, like some place where it's like, do not trespass, but there's a Pokemon right there. How bad do you want that, Abra? How bad do you want it? <laughs> Someone's going to climb over the no trespass to get the Pokemon. I know what's going to happen. And I'll be like, so I was like, How okay. Do they just pop up anywhere? Do you just have to walk yes. around until you see one? Literally, they pop up anywhere. Like, 
when you turn on your game, it pops up. It it randomly sets up whatever Pokemon that are coming around. So, like sometimes it could be like a bunch of Pokemon just hanging out at random in your house. Sometimes it could be just Pokemon all around, like outside in places. No. Way. Like I said, I was in a hardware store and I found like two Pokemon. Then and then I was like, and like and when I got and after leaving the, the hardware store, I found I was like outside and I found a Benanat just chilling. No way. And I, I gra- and I just as well, unlike how rare they are, I suppose. It's a bit, yeah. It's like there's some oddball ones, like like a bit, like I'm probably if it wasn't so, it's supposed to be nicer tomorrow. I might I might walk around and play around and see if I can find some oddball Pokemon. But yeah, yeah. it was just too freaking hot today to really want to do too much. But it's but it's it's crazy. You so yeah, I I'm so while you're in Avengers Academy Land, yeah, I'm I'm. I'm being a, I'm being a wannabe Pokemon master. I think mine is yesterday's news. Like I'm sat there trying to grade up Spider Man so he can beat up the lizard, and you're catching Pokemon in hardware stores. Yeah, well, you know, I'm well, I, I'm I'm just it's just funny when I and what, everyone has also there's all the server issues though, so you're lucky oh, that you're like, not here. You're kind of we're beta testing it. Like we're kind right. of like. Like the servers keep shutting down because a lot of people are hunting down Pokemon. Like you're getting the stable the experience. We're getting the we're all getting the thing that keeps going like crash. Yeah, I just worry that people are going to be bored of it by the time I get started. No, there. I think I think this could last. It's going to last at least at least he at least in the at least in the warmer areas and up until about. October, November, and a lot of a lot of places with with really wicked winters. Yeah, the people but when winter hits, then it's pretty much people are going to be going mostly inside. So I can see people just being just going in all these like different like out like indoor places and just hunting down Pokemon in the weirdest places. Yeah, <laughs> like there's one there's one example of a guy who his wife is is about is in labor and. He's looking for any, no. and he's going, and he's going to catch a Pokemon. Wow! While his wife, his wife is in labor, you got to catch them all. That's he really had to catch him on. It's like a pigeon, <laughs> like it's like a little pigeon, like in and like right near his wife, and he's capturing that Pokemon. Hang on, honey. Wow. Deep breath. Yeah, that I I'm that's just like that's away. some dedication between. So many people have gone into churches to go for po- look for Pokemon. People have gone into. Pop, go, they've gone to many different oddball places to grab the grab. Uh, it, it'd be funny if you're if you're at a church and he's going, "What? Hi!" <laughs> yeah, it's like, my I, 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 I'm I'm here to capture a Pokemon. It's like what? Like because there was a church. Like I was driving down back from the heart, and there was a church having a yard sale. I'm like, like, should I go Pokemon hunting here? I'm like, I don't want to explain this. It's yeah, like, yeah. hi. Yeah, sorry. I I see you're having a yard sale. Um, I'm gonna go Pokemon hunting. Um, if I go wander around your yard sale later, do you buy a Star Pokemon? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not gonna what? buy anything. I'm not gonna buy anything, but I'm like, yeah, I don't want that conversation. And and then there's like a trail, and it's like where my hardware store is like a trailer park. So I was like half tempted to go ask the parent park, going, "Can I wander around your trailer park looking for Pokemon?" I'm like, nope. Oh, what that conversation? Yeah, that, that'd be. I'm like, I'm not gonna be that weirdo wandering around. It's like. Hi, I'm wondering around your neighborhood looking for Pokemon. I'm like, you, you know this is happening. Yeah, you won't be the only one. Everyone's going to be doing it. I, I know it's going to happen. I know it's like going to be the weirdest conversations happening. Of people going into these places going, uh, 
yeah, I'm gonna go wander around your 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 uh, subdivision looking for Pokemon. <laughs> it's like, oh lord! I'm like, I it's, it's gonna get hilarious. Like, there's there's Pokemon or anywhere. They could be yeah. anywhere, yeah. And, and so yeah, I so I don't know, man. It's it's gonna get so, very funny when you're not chasing Pokemon. What comics have you been reading? Okay, I read a lot of different stuff. I I read I read I've been reading mostly. I read the C. There's a lot of stuff I've been reading, but there's one thing in particular. Right now, I've been reading the the Black Panther collection, the the first volume of that. Oh yeah, Christopher. I, I'm trying to read. Like right now, I've got my my two my two big names of trades I'm reading. I'm reading. This is funny. On my see on the library, you have an app. You have an app you can get called Hoopla, which is it's also on computer yeah. too. But it's here in the states. We have something called Hoopla where people can can get books from up to 10 books a month from their from their library if they're part of the hoopla program and you can get 10 books like you can either get comics or you can get books or movies music whatever you want hmm. and and of course minor comics because i have a lot of stuff to catch, catch oh, up on and, they have, and hoopla has a, a pretty large they have dc image valiant a lot of single issues of boom some trades but a lot of single issues of boom Single issues of Dynamite, they have, but they also have like a lot. But they have a lot of like complete collections, like Image and. Is it all digital? A lot, like in, it's all digital. Oh wow, that's cool. And so it's like it's up to ten books a month, so it's not unlimited. But yeah, yeah, but you still get free. Quite a lot on there, yeah. You, so I can. So I'm right now reading No Man's Land because I'm like because I, I was telling you earlier, I'm like I want to finish No Man's Land. I have never finished it all, and the No Man's Land collections that they have on there are the new are the new ones. Oh, so yeah. they're the ones that are they have more stuff than the original No Man's Land trades they released like ages ago. So ah, this so is I'll, really fun. Yeah, I've just finished reading. I'm working my way up to that. So I finished reading Cataclysm, and then I read what is collected as Road to No Man's right. Land, but it's uh, originally Aftershock and yeah, and Road to No Man's Land. And I've just finished reading all of those, so I'm about to dive into the actual no man's land so i'm excited for that it's really it's it's fascinating it. I, and how is how is cat like how i was asking you a little bit about because i'm kind of curious how cataclysm is and how the cataclysm aftershock and all that is because that i've never really read any of that before i've read no man's land i've been reading i've read like the first volume of no man's land like twice over but i never really read like no man's land two in detail or three or four or anything like that like, yeah well i've never read i've never read any of it and cataclysm is good cataclysm is um where the earthquake hits um and that's really good and uh, then afterwards it's aftershock and road to no man's land and you don't i don't really think you need to read them like i don't know for certain but there's they're kind of like little stories that just kind of lead up to it and Bruce Wayne goes to Washington to mm-hmm. appeal to the Senate to fund the restoration of Gotham after it's been destroyed by the earthquake. And it's, you know, it, it's okay, but I don't, like, because I know No Man's Land is coming, I know that that's not going to work, so it's almost a bit like, well, I don't really need to read that. And it's got, like, this uh, Nicholas Scratch, or Nick Scratch. Yeah, yeah and I've, I've never come across him before. And he was... Um, just a bit of a stupid character. I wasn't really a fan of him at all. So I was just yeah, kind of I, reading it going, oh, yeah, this is great. Oh, I don't really want to... It, it's really weird. Yeah, it is weird because I... Because, like, and notice, like, I think Nicholas Scratch stuff comes up more in Asriel 
than it does because I actually because in not really big spoilers, but it's really just Nicholas Scratchup seems to pop up more in in like the Azrael bits they put into the No Man's Land trade. Yeah, so he was in the Azrael um, ones running up to uh, in like Aftershock and that. It's really weird because some it's like No Man's Land is like a fascinating. It's like that period of DC is kind of fascinating because it's actually like it's like one of those contained crossover stories of like some little extra one shots here and there, but it's contained crossover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Cataclysm kind of, was good. And it's, it's a lot like that. Horizon, it's pretty, and it's pretty. It's actually not too bad. It's, like I said, I'm, I'm not. Like I said, I can't really say for, like, I for Aftershock and Cataclysm, but like because you said the Nicholas Scratch bits didn't really do much for you. No, not really. I think um, I like. I quite liked Azrael. I found myself enjoying those issues more than I thought I would, um, mm-hmm. and I liked. Um, there was the cataclysm issues which were all kind of separate stories but they were all involved in the same um the same event obviously uh, and they were all really good and i th- really enjoyed most of them and um and yeah that was that was it really but then the rest of them like the batman issues and there was a like an extended arkham um story in arkham asylum and it's like they, they were fun they were fine but i think you could probably just read cataclysm and then go straight into no man's land and i think you'd probably be fine that's what i might just do because because it seems like that that okay that that seems like the most effective idea too because i'm just go i'm just going straight to no man's land like i said screw it and i'll and so i'll be reading it backwards whenever i get the cataclysm you know what's going to happen though so that's so I was like, I know what's going to happen, but I'm probably going to read back for it just because I've never yeah. read it. And I think it's, that's probably the best way of doing it. It's like, I've never read it. So I'm like, well, I know what happens. And I'm, I know the, the ending of No Man's. I know, like I said, I'll know what happens. And then I just, I'm like, well, but I'll read the backstory just to know a little bit more about it. Yeah, exactly. It's, I think No Man's Land's the main event, isn't it? That's what you want to be reading. It, it is, but it's also a lot of where, like, what's kind of cool about it, what's kind of cool about No Man's Land is like, that's a lot that's a that for a lot of people that was where like a lot of people got a big look at like greg rucka and yeah greg rucka did a lot of work in no man's land bob gale the guy who worked on who wrote back to the future is is in there there's a lot of really t- and there's a lot of good art in that too because that's where i first i discovered uh first noticed that uh, gail eaglesham and and a few other art and it's like there's a i didn't realize mike diodato uh jr did a lot of art in uh oh, cool Yes, it, there's, like, a lot, there's a lot of talent in it then it's amazing some of the stuff they shove and it's like i don't know it's kind of fascinating so it's like a giant condensed story and it's pretty yeah. fast it's pretty cool stuff well we should come back to no man's land when we've uh on the show when we've had a bit more of a chance to read it then and we can yeah uh, that'd be fun so I know and, that you've also been reading Flintstones this week. Oh Lord, because I blame <laughs> yeah. you for this, Matt. I, I, I blame, yeah, I blame you me cause, too. Because I, I saw you because I, I got it beforehand. I was like, okay, curiosity. Because people say it was really good. Some people say it was pretty good. Some people said it was really way better than it had a right to be. So I'm like, okay, let's try this. Yeah, there's been a few mixed reactions to it because I saw. Um, I think Aaron Myers really liked it. Yours was like, uh, so, and then, and then I'm like, I'm still trying, like one of my buddies on Twitter, I, one of my buddies on Twitter, uh, Durful Mac, Durful Merrick, uh, Scott Stamper, hey dude, mm-hmm. and 
he um he actually said i get the feeling it's mad men in the stone age and i'm like that that makes sense yeah that kind of sums it up but it, it's i mean the, the person who writes prez mark russ is also the person who's working on this so i'm like okay i get that kind of social commentary vibe from it i get mm. the humor i it's actually because it actually has some very genuinely funny moments, and just like there's some very funny, and sometimes there's like some weird, like really weird, like the 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 loyal order of water buffaloes is like replaced by like the veterans of like the bedrock wars. Yeah, that's what I call. And it. I've it. I watched think. a lot of Flintstones. And you in, and did you get that kind of feeling from it? Did you get that vibe from it? What was it? Did you get that vibe of the Flintstones from it? Did it feel like I it? got it? It, aspects of it, yes. Other bits, I'm like, I'm like, as one of those things, other bits, I'm kind of going, it's sometimes like the commentary's a little bit too like, commentary! This is commentary! Mm. Listen to my commentary! And I'm like going, dude, for, it's like, it's like you can do commentary, but it's like, but I don't know, it's like a little bit too, um, but some aspects of it, it gets really, by the end, I actually kind of, I kind of dig what they're kind of playing with here and other aspects. I'm kind of like, okay, we'll see. Cause I mean, I did get a kick. I, what kind of cracked me up was when they, when the opening, the opening double page spread shows up and it shows like all the places in like bedrock. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, and, the art itself, the art the, is great. Oh, like, Steve Pugh's amazing. Yeah, um, really I, I actually, I remember one of my first big introductions to him was, um, the counter X run that, uh, Warren Ellis did that Warren Ellis created for uh, when Marvel was like revamping the X line and mm. Warren Ellis got less loose of generation X, X force, um, X man. And Oh, Arfinuk, and I'm probably forgetting something here, but that I, but the generation X was where I first discovered Steve Pugh's art in a big way. Cause he was, cause Warren Ellis was working with uh, Brian Wood on that book on generation X. And that's where Steve Pugh first. And I'm like, this is really good. This is really good. And CPU's just gotten better over the years. And, and is what was really funny is like when I saw like the little bits of like the different designs he did for it. And it, the one thing I like going, okay, that first I saw like the Plato's clay cave. Okay. Spears and Roebuck. Okay. Okay. And then yeah, so I was like, where's the, the Starbucks? The, yeah. Names of the shops and restaurants. Where's where Starbucks? Yeah, and Starbricks like, coffee. I like word Starbucks and it's like Star Bur- Starbricks coffee. Yeah. I like going. Outback Snake House. Starbricks. I like going and steak and the Outback Snake House. I'm like cute. That's that's <laughs> cute. I and mean, those are bit and those are bits that are like lifted from the the Flintstones. That style anyway, not the exact jokes, but those kind of things are things that you'd see in the original Flintstones. Yeah, I mean it. I mean, it's it's pretty interesting. It's pretty. It's kind of oddball. I, I I didn't catch. I only caught parts of that map, by the way. Oh, sorry. Um, those kind of jokes are very. Um, they're very Flintstones esque kind they're, of jokes. They are very Flintstones esque, but they're also, and they work pretty well. I mean, I, I kind of. It's kind of interesting to see how they're. You're trying to do the Flintstones as social commentary, and it actually it works. It does act. It does work to a point. It actually does have a really cool style. It actually does work to a point, like especially near the end. It actually works a little bit better. 
in the middle is like, mm, okay, I see you, but then it's like, okay, it's, I mean, it's going to probably, this is going to be, I swear to you, it's going to end up being one of those things that reads better as a trade. Like, you when, maybe you're right, maybe you're right. It, I, I kind of read it, and I think I said to you the other day, I feel like it, it, ten, it seems to work, but then there's just something about it that's slightly off. It's like hearing someone do karaoke, and they're really good, but they're not quite, like, they're not quite good enough to be up there singing. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of, and I'm not saying it's not good enough, because that's, that's, it is, it is fine, but it just feels a little off. It's like, it's slightly offbeat. Well, you know, it's weird. It's like when you read, um, like, like when you read Prez, for example, and, and Prez's satire actually works pretty well, and it works fairly mm. Solid, but it's like the Flintstones. I think it's like a situation at hand of how do you do social commentary with the Flintstones? That they were doing social commentary, but the Flintstones, the Flintstones was kind of like it did social commentary back then too, but it also mostly kind of operated as kind of like in a weird way, like a mini Flintstone, like a mini honey, like kind of like a honeymooners esque more social yeah, commentary. They weren't like, making any that, biting satire, like whether they were just they were just kind of you know mock, like making a kind of mockery of like a mock up of modern life. So exactly. it wasn't really it wasn't kind of like they didn't have a anything to say other than the fact that oh look she's using a vacuum cleaner except it's really a mongoose or something. So yeah, and it's that so this is like kind of like playing with that aspect and trying and and playing with that and it. It does. So it's weird how, because it's funny, because I really cannot say this was bad, because it actually was not bad. I, I, the arts that really. The story was fine. The story was fine. It actually has potential as a, as a storyline. I mean, it has a really cool hook to it. I'm like, okay, mm. this actually might be pretty fun, because it, it could have, like, it actually might be a pretty cool little story, like, as it, as it goes on, because I can already see people who are kind of, like, mixed with the first issue by, like, issue six people go hey that's not half bad but yeah. but right now people not, are not sure it's not a reboot of the format like scooby apocalypse is a reboot of the format wacky raceland is a reboot of the format this could if it wasn't for the art this could be another episode of the show like if you had if you if the art style was lifted from the cartoon exactly it would just be another episode like, I don't think it's as funny, but, like, I don't think there's anything in the story or the plot that wouldn't suit the original cartoon, if it, you know what I mean? Well, actually, uh, well, it's kind of weird. It, for me, it kind of feels like how you do um, the Flintstones, and then you're doing an idea of, okay, you got the Flintstones going, and then you kinda, and you're kind of, like, going through a quasi, not adult swim, a filter, but more of a kind of like a mm, not adult swim filter. It's not. It's because not really that irreverent. And, I don't know. It's really weird to explain. It kind of like I can see the mad. Yeah. I can actually see the Mad Men vibe now to a point, and I, also have but I a can little see that. But a little bit more of a modern twist to it because I mean Wilma's history with her being like part of like a tribe at one point, and the because her paintings things got me. Like, damn it, that got me. That was good. That yeah. that was good. That. Was, so that was like oddly touching moments and it's like i think 
that's exactly it. They every so often they go for like kind of that slapstick joke, like the bit where the bowl of ice cream is being brought out by a turtle, and by the time it gets Poor to the turtle, it's, I, it's liquid. I love that little turtle. That turtle almost no, stole the comic for me. <laughs> it's like Damn it, your ice cream melted. Get back in the kitchen, Philip. It's like get back there, and it's like oh, but it's like but then the turtle, <laughs> but then the turtle comes back with a piece of cake for Mister Slade. It's like you're the only one who gets me. Like, yeah, that's cute. I'd, like, I'd like to have a turtle that understands me. Turtle stole the co- nearly stole the comic. I mean, <laughs> it, it's got like like the weird moment in this book that kind of stole. It's like that kind of worked for me. It's so, uh, it's sort of like, made, like. Have you read all of the? Hanna Barbera. Yes, I uh, have reboots. And how would you rate them? Future Quest number one. Mm-hmm. Okay, I haven't, I haven't read Scooby yet. I haven't read Scooby yet. I, I have two issues Scooby. I have just have not read it yet. So I haven't read Scooby oh, okay. yet. See, I've read Scooby, but I haven't read. I've only read the first issue, but I haven't read Wacky Raceland. I'm, I've read Wacky Raceland. I've, Future Quest is the top one. Wacky Raceland would. I, I, Wacky Raceland is a something of a thing. Um, hmm. that, that was an experience. Um, and, and then Flintstones was for, like, like, I think I'm almost thinking Scooby Apocalypse when I get a chance to read it. I can almost kind of get a feeling it's probably like number two, Future Quest number one, because Future Quest just nails it. Yeah. It's got it. It's got it going on. It's, it's like, it's got the, yeah. it's got, it captured the Hanna-Barbera action cartoons. It does, it, it's it doesn't try, it's, it's, it's like, above all the others. Exactly, it's got it. Like Jeff, the way the way Jeff Parker does these characters is so solid and so strong that mm. you really just go, he gets it. And all the people that are working along with the book on because it's what's interesting about Feature Quest so far is it's had like it's had like the it's had like it's had like multiple art teams on it, but all art teams were really like the first issue was was. Uh, Evan was was uh, Evan Shaner, Doc Shaner, and then yeah. Rude was the first issue. It's like okay, perfect. Then this issue, I did, they were pretty flawless. They get Shaner, Ron Randall, and Jonathan Case, which again, perfect. They they nailed it. And then mm-hmm. and then you get Jordy Villar, Jordy Villar doing uh, the coloring on it, and she's amazing. So it's like so you really you get all these people who get how this world should look and get how this comes together. So it's like, they're pretty much doing if something that they probably do as an animated series now. Yeah, exactly. And, and again, it's that kind of, it's that kind of thing. They're not rebooting it. They're just bringing them all together. And it really works because if it's, if it's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. And, and that's what makes it a lot of fun is, is you can't help us and go, okay, that actually works pretty nicely i i'm actually legitimately impressed yeah definitely so talking to strong characters i want to talk about kim and kim what is it uh kim and kim you oh did you read it yeah, yeah i did i read it on your recommendation so it's i feel bad good, isn't it you read flintstones on my recommendation which was weird and well, then i read kim and kim on your recommendation and it's awesome so kim, i think like, i got the better end of that deal i this book should. Kim and Kim surprise. I, I I had heard a lot about it, like yeah. Like I have like you and I follow a pretty a pretty similar thread of people on Twitter. Like yeah, our thread's so, yeah. pretty, and so it's like probably we both heard Kim and Kim. We we're like, huh. 
okay, yeah. we'll try this. See what, and, and, and so, and one of my, one of my friends, I, I, I liked, um, I like what one of my, like, uh, what, uh, what, uh, Logan, uh, Logan Dalton said, uh, hashtag, um, his name is Midnighter Bay on Twitter. If you want to follow him, he did a review of it for uh, graphic policy and, he uh, and he said it's kind of and he said on Twitter it's kind of like a like a queer cowboy bebop and I'm like, huh, okay, cowboy <laughs> bebop. I like cowboy bebop. Cowboy bebop is one of my favorite anime. I I adore cowboy. So I'm like, okay, cowboy bebop. Let's do this. I'm try. I'm game to give this a go. And yeah, and we should say it's uh, Black Mask Studios who've been killing it with brilliant comics at the moment. Lord Black it's- Mask. This company, yeah. uh, <laughs> Jade Protection Services, which was last week, was awesome as well. Uh, but this one is uh, Kim and Kim, and it's uh, written by Mags Visaggio, uh, pencils and inks by Eva Cabrera, colors by Claudia Aguirre, letters Zach Sam, edits by Katie Rex, and covers by Tess Fowler and Kiki Jenkins. And wow, there's loads of people. Uh, Devaki Niogi, Eva Cabrera, yeah, uh, Colours by Claudia Aguirre, and a variant by Amanke Naurpan. Apologies if I've said any names wrong there, which I probably don't have. feel so bad. Um, you, yeah. There's a lot of names to go through. Yeah, it's a it's really, really fantastic first issue. Like hit the ground running in every way. It's brilliant. It, what what I get was I actually and I actually messaged uh, Max Asagio on Twitter. I actually told her I said your world building is incredible. Yeah, yeah. It one issue. See, this is this is one thing where I really love. Like, you want to win my heart over as a comic reader. You build your world up in one issue. Without pretty much, I know what your world's like. What's kind of what what it goes through. What's going on in it? And you give me a good way to kind of glob onto it and understand the entire. Yeah. But without and then and I'm like. Yeah, you're good. You got it. Sold. You got me. Like you, you nailed it. You've got you've got this world set up, and I mean, it really flows organically, and it's really a and it's infectious as hell as a story. I mean, the issue it's so fun. It's so fast paced. It just it really draws you in as well. So it's a, we should say what it's about. It's uh, these two bounty hunters in. Do they say what year it is? It's in the future. Hey, hang on. Keep talking. I'm going to grab my copy, actually. Okay, cool. Welcoming onto the show now, uh, we have our guest for this week. It is Elle Anderson, and she is at Fems in Fridges on Twitter. And you also run FemsInTheFridge.com, which uh, is a website that aims to provide a safe space for women online to write about the comic books they love. Welcome to the show, Elle. Hi. <laughs> Did you read Kim and Kim this week? I'm actually like halfway through it. I'm on the page with the uh, man being strangled by an octopus. <laughs> Like That's a good do. place to pause it. Yeah. And, and then I was like, oh, wait, now I need to be on this podcast. I better stop trying to desperately catch up with my backlog. So, yeah. Oh, it was fun you until the best point. comic. <laughs> yeah. I was actually looking for my what, copy. Sorry. It was funny when Matt was talking. I was actually looking for my copy because I, I actually bought it this week. I was trying to remember where I put it at. I was like, wait, darn it. Where did I put the bloody book at? Because <laughs> I actually, cause actually what's funny is I have the other... I actually have not read it yet, but I actually got the Jade Street Protection Services last from from last week, guys. So I have that chilling my backlog. I'm like, I hate it's like the curse of having a backlog. It's like, why? It's like I let myself fall behind. Why? Yeah. I have that as well, and I've not read that either. That's Did like you a, read that? Al? That's Katie Rex. Katie Rex and I 
interacted with a comic creator for the first time on the same day in D.C., or I guess it was Maryland, and she has the best hair. Like, every time I see her, it's different, but it's always fabulous. So I, like, <laughs> met her and went, oh, wow. my God, that fade in your hair is love. And then I saw her again, like, two years later, and she's got a comic out now. And I'm like, that's my girl, Katie! <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I love and hate yeah, people awful. like that that can have any hairstyle and just be amazing. So, how what do you think of Kim and Kim so far? Then, oh, it's interesting. I've, I've read the um, I read the Ashcan version of it that was for mm. last year. Oh, oh okay. Uh, or other, you know, it's it's very interesting. I, I don't like to comment on books until I've finished the whole thing because structural, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I'm very glad that it's around. I'm, I'm very interested in the way Black Mask is providing a good avenue for untested, you know, not untested because Mags has other stuff out, but comparatively untested creators to get diverse stuff out because that's often the hardest barrier is like, I'm new, okay, and I have a diverse thing. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's what I love about it because it's, it's, it's diverse just by being, it's not about being diverse. It's just, it just is a great story, great characters. Happens exactly. to have, you know, trans characters, queer characters. It just, it just is what it is. And it's just, it's absolutely knocking, knocking the socks off anyone else out there at the moment. That guy, I can actually tell, I, I actually, I'm fully up, I'm up this. Like when I go to my comic store come, come Wednesday, this, come this coming Wednesday, I'm probably going to put, um, I'm, going, I'm going to end up putting Kim and Kim on my file because I really like where this is going. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I like how it looks really cute and cartoony, but then they'll come out with really like foul language and it just <laughs> kind of throws me in a fun way. It's like when someone you don't expect to swears, it's great. Yeah, I I think that's what people get from me whenever I swear on Twitter. It's like yeah, suddenly, you don't swear very often. It's like, la, 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 Wes drops an F-bomb. What the what you swear <laughs> like it, it feels worse yeah yeah it's like it's like suddenly west drops an f-bomb okay what 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 huh it's like yeah i dropped my i dropped my year my six every six month f-bomb so how are you then al oh i'm fine um you know hanging out totally drinking beer not gonna lie well, good. Oh, that's cool um you know it's about 4,000 degrees here in Colorado right now. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, man. Yeah, it's it's pretty similar here right now. It's It's been about, it's been like this here in Ohio for the past, like, week or so. So, yeah, yeah. I, I feel your pain. Ohio, like, Ohio, man, that's not the place to go for good weather or quality of life. <laughs> yeah, well, <But> you know. <laughs> yeah, well, considering I live, I live in this, I live in the swing state that's going to be very popular this coming election, I I live in very interesting times indeed. Enjoying <laughs> not being able to drive anywhere because of all the candidates in like processions. Cause that was Colorado was a swing state two uh, eight years ago. And oh my gosh, you couldn't get anywhere because of like all the cops driving them to things. <clears throat> oh man. Yeah, that You're was like even democracy, but you're pissing me off. Go away. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Dude. Like in um in in uh yeah in this week in, in uh Sharonville, um Donald Trump was actually at the Sharonville Convention Center. I know. We're sorry. No and and, um, <laughs> Trump, and, and Trump was at the Sharonville Convention Center. And my dad actually works around in the Sharonville, in the Sharonville area. And he and we were like, I'm like, oh, Lord, Donald Trump's going to be in Sharonville. My dad's going to have a very cra- crappy time getting back from that. And, he, and it's like, oh, it's at seven. Oh, good. He avoids having to deal with all the Trump 
procession and all that craziness because because it, it was a very interesting time in Sharonville. It's when whenever we every time we have a, ever have a candidate, a presidential candidate, or any sort of anything pop up in our area and like the share like Southern Ohio, it's like a very unique experience because Southern Ohio is very conservative. Let's 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 be honest. So let me be honest here. Southern Ohio is very conservative, so it gets interesting. Very hmm. very interesting. Well, it's about to get a whole lot more interesting for you guys, isn't it? We've had our terrifying moment over here in England, so yeah, and we're just gearing up for ours, you know. Yeah, yes. we're, we're like, when I was young, Colorado was like, and I have trouble explaining this to people because it was a relatively short period of time, like during Shrubs' run. Um, but like Colorado used to be the insane state, so. <laughs> I'm still sort of in this land of like, oh look, we're all disagreeing with each other without accusing SpongeBob SquarePants of making people gay. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's progress. Yeah, exactly. Colorado, yeah. the land of progress. Yeah, with a yeah. question mark. Yeah. We like Ohio is kind of like that this weird place where you get like Southern Ohio. It's very, I guess, it's very conservative. You get further up north, and it gets more liberal. So it's like that's. Hence why we are the swing state the way we are, because they don't they don't really know quite how to, to figure out, oh, so they'll pretty much they will they will seriously go either way. Pretty much. We we operate very weirdly. But like we've had we though we've only had like one we've only had one Democratic governor, like in the past forever, and we've had Kasich as our as our governor for for way longer than I would like. But so <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, it's it's you know, we, we're the state that birthed Kasich. Congratulations! Enjoy that forever. We're we're wow. we're not proud. Like some people are proud of it. Other people, um, I'm one of the people who go. Sorry, sorry. I always feel like anytime Ohio pops up in the news for something weird, I always go. I always by interpret want to stay online. Sorry, I have nothing to do with this at all. But I'm sorry. I know, I feel like I should probably say I'm one of the 48% of people that voted to remain in the EU. And uh, I'm pretty proud of that. But uh, we've had a bit of a turbulent last few weeks, to say the least. I think everyone has, though, to be fair. it's Everything's been pretty terrible. Yeah, I was talking to Al Ewing about something, and I was like, British people are always so apologetic. And he's like, we have things to apologize for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Normally, been, uh, yeah. Normally, we have to kind of, you know, just apologize when someone else bumps into us. But now we are the ones doing the bumping. And we are, you know, we need to apologize for things. Dude, I... Yeah, I remember when I thought England would be where we'd all run away to to hide from Trump. And no, no that was my Now we're all just have to go to Canada. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, suddenly it's like all of our Canadian friends are going, hi, can you help us get into Canada? We're just a gay. Yeah. <laughs> I literally had people on Facebook from Canada on the day that we left, uh, on the day that we you know, voted leave. And uh, I had people literally describing ways to get me into their country. Like, not just kind of, yeah, come live with us. It was like, no, no, right, okay, what you need to do is you need to apply for a job here and uh, then you can live with my cousin for three weeks. And I was like, yeah, I'm I'm married, so I'm going to have to bring my wife and my pet rabbit and it's it's going to be a whole big thing. It, it, it's really weird. It's like, it, it's got to play. I, I, I love, on a date, what was it? That was like the probably, that was the day people got to hear me swear on Twitter because I was like, that was the day I was like going, yeah, if things go haywire in November, I'm shaving, I reserve the right to shave my head, get a spider tattoo, and, and yell, and yell fucking to 
and to like write a blog with fuck on about 8,000 times. <laughs> that, that's when I called it my transmetropolitan. This was not, this was yeah. supposed to be a work of fiction, not a road map. <laughs> it's the transmetropolitan breakdown, the spider Jerusalem moment. Oh, I, I, this is how I want about if, if the world, if the world does go haywire, I want a bow disruptor. I, yeah. I, I, I want one. The, the, if, if, if the world goes haywire, and the thing that we get out of it is like, well, hey, everybody, your world's gone haywire. But as your consolation prize, you get a bow disruptor. That's right. You get a... Yeah. yeah and Every cloud. Yeah, you get a bow disruptor. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Well, I found like I, That was like my best like weird game show host voice I could ever pull off in my entire life. <laughs> I told you to bring your game show host voice, and you did. I'm very impressed. I did. <laughs> now, uh, I, ha- I Matt discovered I have a, I have a radio show like game show host voice. So I and I just brought it to, without even realizing. Oh, I just did the game show host voice. Yeah, I used to be on a podcast with uh, a couple people before I got sick of having to edit it and was like, no, I'm too lazy for this. And um, <laughs> one of the girls had the best like woman on the sh- home shopping channel network voices ever of just like and oh, now you can even use it on your eyebrows and it's just terrible. <laughs> but wait tell me more exactly <laughs> yeah. oh my lord that was like mr popeel voice that was a good like, one i like that you. you should say that for special i'm gonna say that on special occasions by my mr popeel voice tell me what am i supposed to do i would like to point out that the extent to which i've distracted you all from discussing comics is very on brand for me <laughs> is this is this a trend for you is this what happens what? it's not like distracting from comics but it's like hey you know that conversation it's five miles behind you on a different track i don't know i'm really good at that l i, 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 oh, that's I cool. have to say l you're you have probably been one of the best parts of my Twitter feed ever since I've added you. It's like, ah, L, you you are one of my favorites. Oh, thank you. Oh, well. Well, that's that's the reason. It amuses me that I'm moderately good at Twitter, but I enjoy <laughs> that people like it. L, you realize you can I'm go on your one, resume. I, I'm the one that came up with a with with my rant with something called Team Roar Dino. That is me putting dinosaur finding a dinosaur gif on Twitter that <laughs> basically is then. Two, th- two dinosaurs roaring at each other and it was my way of dealing with like first it was a joke so it's a joke for civil war people were really getting stupid about the captain america civil war thing then it's just become my mantra after every single event in comics internet becoming becoming people yelling at each other for about five hours and me just going mm. go team raw dino i got nothing <laughs> It's like go with what works, and that clearly works. It works. I mean, it's, it's like it's like my survival instinct on comics internet. Whenever people some, suddenly something pops up, and I'm like, uh, I got nothing to add to this. Uh, go team Raw Dino, and th- 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 that's. I think sometimes that's all that's you can all say. All I can say, and because I because I have people, there's certain things where I go, you know what? I have people who, who are way better at at this right now than I could do at this right now. So. I'm gonna let them handle it. Yeah. Me, I'm just going Team Raw Dino, and and let's. Because I always wonder what, where in the world was, why? And it's like it's my survival instinct, guys. If I didn't do Team Raw Dino, I'd probably be like, I'd be like, now I'm like, gosh, screw it, Team Raw Dino. Of course, and then and then another buddy of mine, uh, Patrick Henry. Hi, Patrick. He he has uh, Team Idiot. We're we're yeah. we're saving we're saving those. But when election 2016 hits, we are just pretty much preparing for like, we're all preparing our gifts. Like, 
Like, I, I actually have, like, I am serious. If someone could figure out how to set up a bot for me to say, I'm really sick of this election, every time someone would tell me about the election 2016 thing, like, I'm just like, I'm sick of this election. <laughs> or, or Team Raw Dino, because I will auto-gift Raw Dino, and it'll be really funny. How do you so. feel about, um, how do you feel about comics Twitter at the moment, Al? Because you're always, like, I always look to you for... I do. The, uh, the the voice, the same voice mm-hmm. of reason, same here. <laughs> it's in this of insanity oh. when uh, when comics Twitter goes mad, and it has gone mad a lot at the moment. It, it has, seems it's to be having a moment. Um, mm. You know, my thing is that I'm the human fortune cookie, which works out well when everyone's uh, like moderately upset, but much less well when everyone's irate. And like at one point, I got called hopelessly naive, <laughs> and I was just like, oh. oh. I'm not hopelessly not okay. I might be a little bit on purpose, but but <laughs> you know, I think I think that's called. Sorry, what? I think that's called optimistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I overly faithful in humanity. I don't know, but um, <laughs> I think that the thing about comics Twitter right now is that it's gonna continue to erupt in its little subpar reaction parties until some of these fundamental problems get addressed. Mm-hmm. And that sucks, and all we can do is try to engineer our own individual responses to be less subpar, which I am perhaps not the best at, but, you know, it's a process. It, it is. I I remember, I'm I'm the oddball. Like, when I, I, I always say my joke is, when I got into comics Twitter, I stumbled into it. Like, I I was just like, I, that way back yonder, when I was, when I was just doing reviews on my old blog on WordPress way before I actually registered the domain and everything. And, and I, and I was like, and then this, a fledging website, uh, a website now long gone, but it was my comic network said, Hey, Hey, you want to review comics for my site? And then a couple of my reviews got noticed by creators. And suddenly my little following went from like mm, 10 or so to like a hundred people, then a thousand then 2000. Now I'm like, what what that'll happen what the hell happened <laughs> why what huh and then it's like because it's like going from my comic network then then i went to uh comics crux then i went to um and then i went and it's like then i went to ryan with geek and then alice hauser's for a period of time and then all and then suddenly it's like so i'm in comics twitter are they and there's and there's a comics twitter how am i in comics Twitter? and then so the kids is now I'm like because yeah. I have people who are influential on comics Twitter that follow me and I'm friends with and I this is weird and this is fascinating and what and and I and I can because I pretty much float around in like comics Twitter a tiny bit in wrestling Twitter a tiny bit in gaming Twitter a, the the comics Twitter was where I pretty much hang I would say. 80 90 percent of the time so it gets interesting when something's going on i'm just like uh i don't know i i don't get i I, all i did was just i'm kind of like the weird mr rogers of of comics twitter like very kind of laid back but i also kind of i like to think of myself as kind of like the weird owl of comics twitter very off the wall a little strange oddly lovable you make it some weird comparisons. I, Weird Al is like my idol, man. I've seen Weird Al in concert. <laughs> I I've been buying Weird Al since I was a kid. So bluntly, if I'm going to compare myself to anybody, it's probably going to be Weird Al because that he is like my, my celebrity problem. idol. So and overcome the hard to compose by that hairdo. Very impressive. I can't do I can't do the Weird Al hairdo though. But I my, yeah, I, I, it I takes a special kind of person. 
So I did I did get someone telling me I look like Charlie Cox from Daredevil with my current haircut. So that that was interesting. But I That's that's a big leap from Weird Al. I know. Seriously, yeah. I did I I actually <laughs> I got the but anyway, it's like I so I'm like so I'm like this kind of very quirky funster, very positive about comics. I got yelled at once for being positive about comics. That was interesting. Oh yeah, that I happens. got yelled at. That was fun. I can feel that. Oh, so you, you genuinely can't win. Anything else, anyone yells at me for their actual work. Like, I've, and and you know, people who don't listen to me on Twitter, I'm not actually anyone. I mean, I'm a baby editor. I assistant edit comics, but I'm just. I don't even blog. I don't have reviews or any of that anymore. I used to, like he said, run a website about getting um, women more involved in comics. Now it's just a site that I own because I, you know, have the trademark and stuff. So sure, but like. I just hang around and talk on Twitter, and that's where my reviews go. And it is amazing how much, like, comic critic Twitter gets mad at me. <laughs> it's really funny. I think they, they, get, they get mad at anyone for anything. They really do. Well, you know, I, there's a certain point where you're not supposed to be chipper, and I'm chipper at that point. <laughs> I, I, I really find... That's what winds people up the most, and that's the best thing about it's, it. When you're really positive and chipper, it drives some people crazy. And I'm amazed. I've read, I've read some stuff where I'm like, I got nothing. Oh, this is great. I, I posted stuff like this. And I'm like, wow, it's not either straight up ignored or just no one paid attention to how how oddball I am. Because I, and other times it's like, and other times I'll have like the weirdest thing get noticed. And I'm like, what, what you, okay, cool. I, I, I remember my funniest conversation was when I did arrow recaps online for a period of time. Dear God, never recap Arrow. But I just enjoy watching Gail Simone do it without actually watching and/or caring I, about it. That's pretty much. I fun. love her. I love her. <laughs> I think it works better that, that the, way. It's like an infinite well of people who don't understand that she's doing like performance theater. It's kind of hilarious. It's beautiful. I love that. I actually I, wish. Yeah. I actually, might do that next. If Arrow, if Arrow season five goes off the rails, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna do really weird reviews of Arrow, and they're just she's the strangest damn things. But I actually. Just see how many people you can poke with each tweet. I, I actually, but it was really funny. I it was when Arrow was actually pretty solid before it went off the rails in season three and four, and and um and but it's like I I pretty much was like talking like I really like it. This dude somewhere somewhere in the world went, but there's all these pet hosts and da, 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 and he goes on like these twenty this twenty thread tweet on me, and I'm going, uh huh, why, okay. You're not even arguing with me at this point. I just don't care. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's the internet in a nutshell. I'm like, okay. It's like I'm fighting as like the quote the quote Ben Folds, the quote Ben Folds five, uh, I'm fighting the battle of who could care less because I'm like, I I'm not <laughs> fighting this battle right now. I you you're you're getting up my nerves, man. It's like and I'm I'm just trying to be very polite, like uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm mm. just like uh, but but then sometimes when I get sometimes I have, I get blindsided like when I was saying like when I was saying my positive about comics thing someone said someone's like well da 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 I'm like why I'm just saying I'm positive about comics I didn't say anything why are you yelling at me <laughs> I'm like why am I getting yelled at right now and I'm just like okay I don't care I know exactly what you mean it feels sometimes like you you feel like you're wrong somehow for being excited about things or being optimistic about some comics that are coming mm-hmm. out it, well there's you know there's a lot of frustration and that's what it is it's just 
frustrated people who basically are are convinced, and not entirely wrongly, that no one's going to listen to them anyway. So what's the, mm. like, harm in shouting? And they stop conceptualizing, you know, whatever, Nick Spencer's Volunteer of the Week, um, <sighs> as a person, and they just conceptualize him as the face of a giant monolith corporation that does not care, which it does not. But, and you they know. don't. I mean, I, like, the one thing I find fascinating about how um, the aftermath of Hail Hydra... Mm. God, that, that, yes, it wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be, but holy lord, that was hard, handled horribly. Marvel handled that badly. Yeah. They they handled it in the way that would achieve their goals. And it did. It, it achieved their goals. It, it definitely achieved something. I mean, I was just like, oh my lord, this is getting crazy. And, I mean, this is like, I mean, it's like, Mar- it's like I mean, yeah, like anyone who really wants to take off a Hail Hydra, a lot of, yeah, there's some justification there, but Marvel was, like, saying, well, when they said, well, you're not real comic readers, if you, like, going, what? Yeah, that's not necessary. Why that did was... you say that? Yeah. Why? Like, yeah. It doesn't even matter. I mean, I'm in the club of people who think that was a weird storyline and probably not the best choice to advertise, but, like, whatever, because, you know, I'm not Jewish, so I have the privilege of not being stressed by that. But it it still was just like, that wasn't necessary, whether, whether I think that these people are 90% justified, 10% justified, or 0% justified, it's still just not polite. And the other part is, what's really funny about it is the week it hit right when DC Rebirth hit. So what was really weird is the conversation, like these, it's like, it's kind of weird how the day went DC Rebirth, DC Rebirth, DC Rebirth, then Hell Hydra happened. And it's like, it, it just dropped that it just, yeah, it totally stole their thunder, but maybe in Actually, a good way did. for DC. Maybe they got away with it. Yeah, I mean, DC needs DC needed the break from um, the scrutiny, and I'm not a fan of this like imaginary. People are too nice to Marvel and too rude to DC. Like people are too rude to everyone. But you know, yeah. it, it did do them a lot of good to get that focus pulled off of mm-hmm. them somewhat. I think because in reality, it's an amazing yeah, DC so. Rebirth is great so far. I agree, but much yeah. you know, it, it also has imperfections and it also has its issues, and but, it was good, I think, to get the space. I'm you know, I'm actually curious, like which mm. which parts of DC Rebirth do you kind of find the imperfections so far? Um, you mean what parts do I consider subpar? Correct. Uh, you know, I don't care about Justice League. <laughs> I I don't, I'm, I'm a lot more um, also I'm cautious about Wonder Woman. I think that Liam Sharp is a very lovely, well-meaning human. He's a very nice man. Level best and might make incredible, spectacular art. And he might not. And I don't know which is correct yet. But, like, I didn't love her proportions no, in that, obviously. And that's my, you know, personal thing, obviously, that I get uh, invested in what art conveys to people, the norms and all that. Mm-hmm. It was rushed. Okay, so it was rushed because it's DC Rebirth and they turned on a dime and didn't give anyone warning and that's fine. Yeah. But there's a, I'm just not sure if we're at it was rushed, period, and that's why some of the proportions were super funky. Or if it was at, no, the proportions are going to be funky and it was just obvious because it was rushed. Well, so I'm okay, to that, see that actually, yeah, I can give you that. That's, a, that's actually pretty interesting. And beyond that, I think they've made a lot of really interesting editorial choices. I... This is what they got, you know, their reprieve from. Nobody talked about the Watchmen thing. I think ah. that's really clever. 
and most people don't. And a lot of people accuse me, including a couple creators, uh, accuse me of like betraying Alan Moore and stuff. And okay, that's fine. I respect your opinion, but I'm really up on that. I think that was a very good choice. I think yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think there's there's obviously there's obviously a side to it where you know the history of how DC has treated you know. Alan Moore and the Watchmen franchise is obviously still a sore point and you know rightly so really for for what they've done but at the same time the actual story itself what they're doing with it and you know if I hadn't had the spoiler you know which I tried to avoid but you know as soon as someone mentions the word Watchmen it kind of does spoil it um you kind of expect something but either way even if i hadn't that ending i would have really appreciated and i thought it's it's got me interested it's got me invested and i'd, I'd like to see where it goes definitely an accurate critique of dc as well and you know yeah there's the thing of alan Moore was treated abominably there's no longer anything anyone can do about that mm-hmm. and that doesn't make it okay but at a certain point you have to sort of separate that out of like okay this was the injustice. We talk about the injustice, then we move on to what the actual art is doing now because we can't get the rights back from them. So, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think people read into um, the the idea that we're you know in universe or in fictional continuity. We're discussing the idea that the Watchmen characters are ruining the DC universe and are kind of. Uh, have made it a lot darker and they've stolen something from it and people you know extrapolated you know justifiably so almost to the idea that alan moore and the watch and watchman you know dis- took something away from comics and bought it darker yeah. which which isn't the case you know it's it's you know it was everything that came after it also what said in a in a fundamental way what the rebirth volume you know issue one Spoilers, people, for my analytical little brain, said <laughs> is the, the misunderstanding by you know Jim Lee and and uh, Dan, yeah, that guy whose name I can never say, <laughs> um, that they misunderstood what about Watchmen was possible was powerful, and that's what yeah. killed it. Yeah, and, and you know the Killing Joke again, powerful and scary and spooky, and you totally took the wrong lesson away. And I think that's you know. That commentary could be fascinating as it plays out. Yeah, and I, I just wonder if they're brave enough to play with that and also to look at themselves as well. I mean, I might be wrong, but I really that's do what it that's seems what like they're, they're kind of playing with here is they really are deep. They're really going through their history and going, okay, yeah, we're we're going to be confronting some stuff here that is going to get really weird and it's going to get real. It's going to get real strange, but it's going to get, but it might, but it's probably going to be kind of cool by the end of it all. Cause I really like, it's interesting where you like, where you see like in Superman right now, what's happening to Superman. They got miss, they got the, the Mr. Oz character hanging on there, which is pretty much Ozymandias hanging out in the Superman books unconfirmed, but yeah. Yeah. It's, I'd be surprised it, if it's not. I don't think it's him. I mean, I, okay. I haven't read the Superman book because it's the Superman office, but, hmm. um, I think that the only character we're going to see come through is the one that altered the world, which would be Manhattan. I don't I don't think that the other characters are going to show up. It doesn't make sense, because if, if uh, the Doctor altered reality to see what would happen as an experiment, then it's a different universe that he found yeah. while he was off on the moon or Mars or wherever he was. It's not actually the same universe. It's him playing with universes to see what happens. So I don't think we're going to see any character but him. And I don't think we're yeah. even going to see him for a few years. I think they'd have to stretch the storyline quite significantly to get the other characters in. 
Um, but I think maybe that's what people are scared of. People are scared of potentially the idea of you're going to have like Rorschach versus Batman <laughs> one shots and things like that, which, you know, do definitely. Yeah, and that would be stupid. So I feel that <laughs> objecting to that would be completely legitimate. <laughs> and I think that's what people are definitely though, scared of. Though I have to say, I would totally be entertained if somebody did a satirical um, Batman versus Midnighter versus Rorschach thing, and we could just all have a big honk and that would be Batman funny. ripoff punch. <laughs> yeah. that, that would be really funny because I, I, though I do think that we are going to end up getting because when they did the rebirth issue and they mentioned the, I'm going, we might be getting, we might get Adrian, but I bet the end it was like it might, we might get Adrian, but that'd be the only one that we might get. Like it's funny when everyone's saying, well, what about Gotham and Gotham Girl? They might be night night and. Night Owl and uh, and a uh, Silk Spectre. I'm like, no, no, don't. don't. Yeah, we, we, we really kind of thought that at first, but then obviously now in Batman, it's it's all not no. And I think that might be what they're doing with Mister Oz as well. Maybe that's they are playing like a like red herring, kind of long game like, red herring. Like, yes, yeah. it's gonna be Ozymandias. Never mind, no, it's not. <laughs> it's like we're we're red herring. You forgot this grew there at the little bit. Doctor Manhattan, yeah. He's probably going to be the one that will end up being the one that shows up. And it's supposed, isn't it supposed to be like a two-year storyline? I don't know if they've said how long it's supposed to be. I can't imagine them successfully telling it yeah. in less than two to three years, though. Hmm. I think, I think it would only work better. That. Yeah, it worked better the longer they take to tell it, really, as well. And obviously, it just hype it up more and, you know, people will get more into it. And you'll lose fewer readers as well, because, you know, people like me, I've literally never read a Flash book before this, because why would I? I showed up during the New 52, and sorry, person who read the Flash book, you didn't capture my interest. Um, and, you know, Green Lanterns, I'm sure that Jeff Johns was doing an excellent job, but it might as well have been in French. So I I didn't read any of that stuff, and so far they've kept, kept me up with them, so to speak. Like, I'm still on the wagon, understanding what's happening. Yeah. But that's going to require them to take a lot of time and space it out. And I can only assume that whatever the incredible weirdness with all the Superman stuff is will take a while to sort out, too. Because I read Action Comics 1 because, I, I mean, the dick play was so funny. How could yeah. not? I like, I like, <laughs> I like but, Action Comics. Like, <laughs> it didn't make any sense. Action Comics was a very interesting <laughs> little read. I've heard good things. I've heard it turns out brilliantly, and it may well, but I was mostly just there for the dick play. <laughs> That was it's so. Uh, it's such a weird storyline. When that's not the weirdest part of a comic, yeah, that you know funny. you're in trouble. I, I, cause I got It's just funny how they. I'm going. That's pretty good. Cause I, I, I always love like. Cause I, you know, it's funny because we were t- actually it was funny. Matt and I were talking about the Hanna Barbera books just just before you popped on, and <laughs> and we and we talked okay. about like Future Quest is the one that works best so far. Yeah. Of course, best casting of artists as well. Best art casting, best art. Yeah. Um, everything works really well. First, before we get into the one thing, the <laughs> the um, the there, did you read the Flintstones by any chance? I did not. I didn't. They didn't have it at my store, so I just let it go. Okay, um, yeah. Matt. We it's like, but um, you and I read Wacky Raceland. Oh yes. We, we, yeah, I did not. Read that that. Was, Why? Do you like your brain I read, I read you two talking about it. <laughs> you, El, your your um, tweets about Wacky Raceland were some of the possibly one of the best things ever, and I was and, and I still bought it, and I was just like, it, it, it's funny because some people were like downright like angry about me. I'm like, I'm not angry about it. I just like, what the hell did I just read? It was the most uh, in- impressively substantial whoops that I've read in a while. Like, 
you know, <laughs> DC's editorial division, bless, bless their little hearts, must be incredibly busy right now and probably didn't have enough warning to do all the things that they suddenly had to do for Rebirth and all of that. And they're doing double shipping books, which is like so mean to an editor. Why would you do that? But that said, yeah, oh my gosh, that book was like entirely made of <laughs> ill-advised editorial decisions. I, I gave you, I actually, the one thing, I, I think I was like, it's funny, but I think I think about later and I'm like, everything with Penelope Pitt stuff was like, oh, sweet, really? Yeah, <laughs> that's... I, I, I like Leonardo Manco. I actually like the art. I actually like Leonardo Manco's work. But even I was going, you know, how? Wait, how old is she? Like that was the first thing I think. Wait, how old? Yeah, I guess she's not supposed to be a teenager anymore. But no, that doesn't work. It's like she was like seven. Wasn't she like seventeen back with like sixteen, seventeen when the original Wacky Races was odd or something like that? Because. Fourteen. I don't know if that's actually true or not because I didn't watch it at the time. But I, it, it aired occasionally on Cartoon Network when it. But I, and I don't get Boomerang, so I don't. But I is you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I and then it's like then it's like Pelicata had her own series at one point, but I was like I I don't. But I was like uh, I don't, it was a little bit like like my my content for weird was kind of pushed a little bit. I was like I like weird. I like strange. This is like a little bit like. I think this is too much for me. I think this is a little much. And then I still haven't because it's like, but then it's like the weird part. Is like here's here's Future Quest, like the shining diamond of the Hanna Barbera books. And then like, have you read, did you read Scooby Apocalypse? No. I I have the first two issues. I need to sit down and read those because I'm kind of because I'm kind of curious about reading those. I read and but like Future Quest, like the book that's hooked me. Like I like future, I like Future Quest. So it's funny. My store actually sold out of um, Scooby Apocalypse. Yeah, a lot of people seemed into that, which is, I mean, I'm sure it was great. It's just not my bag of tea. But. Yeah, it's, I read it. I read issue one. Um, and I, I did like it. I, I thought it was pointless, I suppose. I, 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 I like what they're trying to do with it. <laughs> and there's, I feel like, like it just had no reason to exist, you know. Yeah, and I felt that way about the Flintstones as well. And I liked um, I liked that the last page of the first issue of Scooby, uh, of Scooby Apocalypse was um, kind of, painted a picture of what they wanted to achieve with it and where they wanted to go with it and i was kind of more on board for that but um but yeah the rest of it i just don't i just you know future quest is doing something it's trying something um and wacky raceland just sounds like it's trying and uh, flintstones and scooby apocalypse just kind of don't really see why just don't really see the point trying because the transitions are nice (laughs) <laughs> like, like, I like, like kind of, I like the I like the designs of the cars. Those were cool. The car designs were cool. Yeah, I just it's think the very the fact that I've never had I've never had need to question how old Penelope Pitstop is before, and the fact that you're reading something where you have to go, is she old enough for this? Then it's like oh, yeah. you know, there's a huge yeah. Huge that's that's a big that. red flag to me. It's like when you're reading some. Uh, it's like when you're reading some manga and. You see certain images and you're like, uh, mm. no, like there's a re- there's like, it's like kind of like there's so as like some stuff I'm like, uh, what Japan, right? <laughs> and then it's like, and then, and now it's like Naki Lace and I race. I was like, going, you know, I'm having one of my manga moments. I feel uncomfortable right now. <laughs> so I'm just like, but I kept my read. It's like, I read it all. and I was like, well, it doesn't make me angry. I'm just like, I still don't know what I read. I mean, 
I haven't had a good I don't know what I read moment in a while. Like like I, I what was it? The last book I had a good I don't know what I read was oh uh, it was a Morrison book. I oh the nameless. Oh yeah, oh, the nameless. nameless. That'll do it. That's what it was. That was my last book where I'm like, well, it wasn't bad, but I don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> yeah, I just sort of gave up on that one part way through in the spirit of like, well, I could probably figure out what happened, but even thinking about trying makes me tired. I, I read, and it's funny, I, I got it from my library, and my and it's like, I got it from my library, and I read the, and there's actually like a giant bit of annotation at the end, like giant, like explaining <laughs> everything in the book, and I'm yeah, like, here's what you just read. And it's like, well, you know, I can't, you know what? My brain doesn't want to process it. I might, one day I might get it again from my library just to read the annotations. Like, but I'm like, well, the art's really good. The characterization was weird. The story, I don't know what happened. And I couldn't tell you what happened. Story existed. That's usually a, a good answer. Yeah, I, it, it really, and it, but it's like funny, but right now I'm like rereading through, um, uh, Christopher Priest. Uh, I got like the first three complete collections of Black of uh, Christopher Priest Black Panther recently, and I've been reading through that, and that's pretty interesting actually to reread that like years late, a year read that like ages later after I first originally bought it. Like I've been reading since around ninety ninety eight. So like Avengers number one and Avengers number one music run hit Chronicle in the first in the first episode of this, but several plug, but it's like, <laughs> but it's but it's like basically like when I first read Black Panther, I was like. But if I ever another book I discovered a little bit when Marvel Knights hit, I was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. So, and I'm rereading it again years later. I'm like, I actually appreciate it almost more now than what I did back then. Because I, I discovered Christopher Priest via, I think it was like right around the same period I learned about Quantum and Woody. And I started getting Quantum and Woody like, like trades when they were, when I, when you could find those bouncing around at like half prices across the area. Mm-hmm. And, that's how I discovered some of that. So it's kind of interesting what, what, what you end up discovering in certain books down the way. I think you just, you evolve as a reader as well, mm-hmm. don't you? So things that you read back then, you know, you pick up again and you have a completely different experience. I actually, learned how to read it better a lot of the time. Just yeah. learned what to look at and see. Like Elle, like Elle you said, you got in the, you got in the reading comics, um, right? You came in with the New 52? I came in with um, the very beginning of like, the, I think it's the second sort of wave of Marvel now in 2010-ish when uh, Hawkeye started to come out. Is that so, when you got into comics full stop? Yeah, that's when I found out comics existed still. Oh, cool. Um, it was one of those where I was like, oh, I always thought that it was literally just like Archie because I saw that at the uh, grocery store. Yeah. And that's kind of it for comics that were still coming <laughs> out. So I got lost one day trying to avoid all of the uh, craziness around one of the many political things that happened in D.C. and found a comic store with a cute guy in it who recommended Hawkeye. So now I read comics. It's all your fault. (laughs) It's all coming clear. What was his name? (laughs) (laughs) He writes for Bleeding Cool now. He's a dead brilliant guy. But yeah, it's all his fault. Anyway, um... So I I came in at a point when DC was not doing it right. Hmm. And they didn't want me. That was right around the time that Dan uh, DiDio said the thing about, you know, if you're a we're targeting the male audience and the long-term readers, and I can't even remember, it's been four years, but mm-hmm. it was like a really priceless fail quote where you're just going, mm, yeah. poor taste, and it was basically just like, we don't want you, and I'm like, okay, Marvel now. Yeah, and that, that's 
fun. It's done you a favor. It's not <laughs> like you've missed uh, years of quality New 52 comics. Right. And now they have learned, because the market punished them, mm-hmm. that they shouldn't ignore the, the newer and lady readership. And they're doing a better job of it. Not a perfect job of it, but I think a lot of that is rebirth. So once they're finished doing the important setup stuff, I think we're only going to see some improvements, which is great. Because, you know, my first context for superheroes was Justice Society Unlimited, I think. Oh, wow. And I loved that. I just didn't know that it had comics that came with it because my parents didn't want me to read comics and get weird ideas about, you know, body image and stuff. It, yeah, and, yeah. It, and it's funny when you find the the certain like limited books, because there's, you know, it's weird, like some of those, like you can... My, it's like some of those just like a limited like the like I actually bought some of the single issues of that and I and I really like and I actually bought some of that. I actually have the uh, the question the question one that was really yeah. cool and there's, oh the old question books are fun I wish the question was better really either of them, especially Renee do you and you know it's funny like because it was funny like with Rebirth it's like the funny the funny part like the, some of the best books right now for me so it's, it's like funny I always feel like I'm like part of like the the choir of people who have really gotten hooked into the Green Arrow and Detective books, especially especially Detective. Green Arrow was a pure surprise. Like, that was like, hmm. that's, this is actually really turning out well, and I'm probably going to check out Ben Pers- Benjamin Percy's uh, Titans book when it hit, like, now that mm-hmm. Green Arrow worked out, but Detective Comics, that's that's been successful. That's been... That's one of those things where, like, we so could have told him that, told DC that Tinian was going to be just a superstar but he needed you know snyder or whatever to get him there and it's just so nice to see that it's working out because he is just so brilliant mm-hmm. and that a lot of the times you're like oh alpha richardson is so brilliant we're never gonna hear from her again are we because they won't let her do anything <laughs> but with this one it's like oh yes Tinian's brilliant and we get to admit it. Orlando's brilliant and we get to admit it. Yeah. Tom King's the best. And the, and the- <laughs> they are really taking off. It's it's awesome. They could they Detective Comics is is really, really strong. I'm really liking what Tom King's doing. Uh Steve Orlando is just Oh awesome. dude. Steve Orlando, I cannot wait for his supergirl to hit. That's oh, gonna be fun. So good. And then he's and, and the six part Midnighter awesome series. Midnighter, which just <clears throat> but uh I that was actually yeah. kinda cool guy. I was talking to somebody once and I kind of, and I kind of told what I was saying. It's like, and I said, you know what? I actually am surprised there's not an Apollo Midnighter book coming out or Mid- Midnighter Apollo book coming out. I'm like, lo and behold, like, it was like a couple months later after that, I was like, and they've got a Midnighter Apollo book that's, and I'm like, perfect. Yeah. I knew, I figured it was going to happen. It was like, not a matter of if, but when it was going to happen. It was pretty on the fence there, but we, we got the sales high enough and, yeah. and it was just, yeah. I think everyone needs Midnighter to buy like 10 cool. copies of, every issue of that and just kind of prove to them that yeah we really want a midnight or ongoing coming back yeah it's gonna be good so you said you got into comics and your first comic was hawkeye my first comic was hawkeye yep was it hawkeye number two it was so that is why you bought it on the show with you today yeah i actually um i have lied to many people over time and said it was hawkeye three but when you asked me i went and checked and yeah it's totally issue two. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, started reading comics with Hawkeye and with Wicked and, I mean, not with the Divine, Young Avengers, which then, you know, yes. same creative team as Wicked and Divine. Yeah. And I figured I wouldn't talk to you about uh, Wicked and Divine 13 because you don't need to be that depressed right now. <laughs> so that left, um, 
like, okay, we'll do Hawkeye instead so that no one winds up uh, in tears today. That'd be cool. Yeah, we'll start up gentle. And, by the way, as a random note, I have Wicked Divine number 13 in the Wicked Divine uh, volume uh, three trade that I got from my library a little while uh-huh. back. So I know what I'm in for now. <laughs> How are you not current on Wicked and Divine just through the sheer force of my nagging people constantly on the internet? I read volume one, just read volume two, I got volume three, and I'm like, volume number 13, uh, what am I in for? Because that book already like breaks your heart in two, so I'm like, what am I in for? Oh, Lordy. Gonna kick you in the teeth, and you'll say thank you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you said when you said Hawkeye number, so pop back to Hawkeye number two here. So, what was it about that book that kind of caught your eye? Um, I am, as it turns out, a very uh, visual human that benefits a lot from um, combining visuals and and words. I was always a huge. I mean, like I was an English nerd. Okay. Yeah, let's be honest. Uh, but it, it's something about the visual aspect of it was fascinating to me and I just didn't know because I didn't know they existed and when it um when I read that one like that it made it clear and and I you know eventually read oh I'm not even coherent today what is words uh the way that Hawkeye flows is very new reader friendly and also very innovative and it uses the nonverbal storytelling a lot especially with um the Matt Hollingsworth colors Mm -hmm. working with Aja um to basically teach you to read comics really well and to feel yeah, I think the that's pacing. Like the, the, I believe it's the fourth page. Let me see here. One, two, uh, third page. The third page uh, with the turn has him draw, breathe, and fire the arrows. And you're doing it in the, the pattern of uh, Kate Bishop saying, what's she say? Well, that's cool, I think. And it breaks it down into each syllable she says. And basically it teaches you how to do closure, which mm. is what our brain does when we read a comic. We're connecting all the spaces in between each panel. Okay. And for people who start reading older, it's something you have to learn. Like, it's a skill I did not have. I got mm. Hawkeye and a couple other books right around that time, and I, I struggled with the others. It was a lot harder at first. And this book in particular just teaches you how to read it. It kind of spoils you with that yeah. in a way, because if you've been like away from comics or you've not really read many comics, you pick this up and you go, oh, wow, comics are this good. And then this is, you know, it's, it's there's lots more like it now. But at the time, this kind of stood out as being, you know, the only one of its kind, which is why it was so successful, I think. Oh, yeah, it was this followed, you know, a few months later by Young Avengers really taking off. Yes. And now we have Young Avengers. And Young Avengers is the thing. I love this book, Hawkeye, but I give Young Avengers to new readers because there's more of it that can be engaged with easily because mm-hmm. this keeps playing form and also, you know, it gets Hawkeye-ish. But uh, <laughs> it's that trend is really the thing that people don't realize Marvel now did. People give Marvel now credit for, you know, oh, well, it brought in Captain America, uh, Captain Marvel and really gave her a front seat and it brought in a bunch of women and things like that. But really what it did was make an introductory platform where you could do a standalone book and read it and understand it as a comic fan that had never seen a comic before. I, I like and that. I think it went, it went a, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I think it went a quite a good way as well. Hawkeye, especially of kind of proving that the house style doesn't need to be a mm-hmm. thing that exists. Like, you don't need to have everything look in uniform. 
Yeah, this is true. I mean, mostly the new 52 proved that for us, but it... Marvel kind of nuked their house style ages ago. Like, it's like, they don't really, like, their house style is pretty much, yeah, we don't really have one. Just roll with it. They're drifting closer to, like, their house style is cleaner lines and brighter colors. But I'm not sure that's so much them consciously doing it as just that their their counterpart was not, so it makes it look like it's an intentional thing. Yeah, Yeah, it makes sense, since... And, like, how DC's house style is kind of, like, they've got one, but not as strict of one as what they used to. So, mm. yeah, so it's, like, these... Some actual colors in them now. Yeah, so it's, like, and so it's interesting how both companies are kind of, like, playing around with their styles more and more. And Hawkeye was one of those books that definitely has that, because David Aha's amazing. Like, his art, like, if you're, for that being one of your first, like, your first, when your first comics, that's, like, wow. Well, there are so many books... The, the reality is that I was one of those people where it was entirely possible, if not probable, that I was going to walk out of reading my first book and be like, okay, so that's what those are, and then never read it mm-hmm. again, never read a comic again. And mm. that that didn't happen is down to Hawkeye, and that it happens instead that I turned out to be a comic editor is down to Hawkeye as well yeah. now. So, you know, and then, of course, it just, like, was a, a revolutionary moment of if I had been handed Snyder Batman and heaven bless him. I love Scott Snyder, but if you had handed me his book, I never would have come back. <laughs> wow. Just moved right on out of that entire medium. So it's really, I think valuable, you know, bless Matt Fraction's heart. He just cannot with the on time concept, mm-hmm. yeah. but what yeah. he does in his own sweet time is always really innovative and great and interesting and important. I think. I think we're still close enough to the end of the Hawkeye run to still be a bit burned by the fact that the, the lateness really impacted it on it. Mad, mm-hmm. But it, like late comics don't make me mad that it's, we don't pay them enough. We expect them to work too fast for too long, but mm. It, it certainly does make it a challenge to remember the flow when it takes a yeah. year. It's nominated for an a, a Harvey now like a year after it finished. <laughs> and there I were think, two like, volumes, weren't there, of all new Hawkeye, Lemire, so they're all named the same thing before it came out. Yeah, that had yeah. to get really yeah. weird there for a little bit. Like, oh, what, we have two Hawkeye books coming out concurrently. Roll with it. Yeah, we had issue 22 coming out before 21. And then in the middle, there was issues like one and two of all new Hawkeye or something. Oh, it was more than that. It has to have been like three. Was it more? The and that's it, but I went back. The trade. That's what I remember mm. is that the trade from the new one had been solicited. And it's like, am I going to finish the last one first? <laughs> yeah. I think I, I, went rack, I went back and reread this issue specifically because, uh, because we we're going to be talking about it. And it made me, I had like a flood of emotions of how awesome I remember thinking it was at the time and it kind of almost you know one reread of one of the issues erased all of those kind of feelings of yeah but it's late and kind of anything that that you know that lessened um the impact for me but then going back to it you just you know it, it excites me the idea that future readers will just read it as a volume and will read how you know how stunning it actually is and that you know in a really fundamental way we read books issue by issue and there are issues like wiktiv 13 that are supposed to be read same Mm -hmm. you know and you can collect them or phonogram you know you can collect them but that 
that experience of reading it single is really important, but the overwhelming majority of books these days with the style we're doing now and the constraints we impose on creators should just be graphic novels. Yes, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, this is going to be getting myself dated. You guys, like, I remember when I was getting in the comics back around the late nineties, early thousands, that's what they were willing to talk to do more of was do more graphic novels. Cause like Warren Ellis was like talking about, we'll do more graphic novels. Joe Casey was talking about, well, let's make it more graphic novels, stuff like that. And then, like, Larry Young had AIT Planet Mars. He was focusing on the whole graphic novel line, stuff like that. Yeah. Then then it just was not quite ready for it yet. Just, it's not quite ready for all graphic. Like, like when you go, like, when you go to, like, like Europe, it's, like, like, they're, like, in France, it's pretty much graphic novel, novel, not graphic novel, graphic novel, graphic novel. And they don't really do a lot of, like, really single issue there. But here in the U.S., it's pretty much single issue, single issue, single issue. And... They're they're much more like that's how and so like all the readings but like, that's like that's what a lot of they were kind of hoping they try to get set up here was more of a graphic novel culture but it didn't quite work out the way I wanted right at least it wasn't ready yet in the late nineties early thousands they they didn't want to give up the uh, profit margin which I say without rancor but that's what it is it's just more profitable yeah yeah and and it's uh, it's interesting to me because I. I, I kind of like, because I kind of was like, I would love that. Cause I, and, and I kind of had, I was kind of like the oddball in my comic store. I was like, yeah, that'd be kind of wild to see, like, and then plan to play with more of that. But it's like, but older, older, mid, near mid 30s Wesley now is like, I get it now. I'm older. I understand. But early 20s Wesley was kind of like, yeah, like, let's change up stuff. And I'm like, going, well, I still have a lot of that in me, but I understand more of it now. It's like, I still have that kind of revolutionary, like, yeah, let's change up stuff. But I also go, but I understand why things are a certain way and how certain things are handled, like in the periodical system and stuff like that. But I do say like, yeah, there should be a lot of stuff should be more graphic novels. Cause like, I was even telling Matt, like the Flintstones, when it gets fully collected, it'll probably rebire the graphic novel. Then it does single issue, single issue. But there's a lot of books that, just don't read well as single issues anymore and just should be like straight to trade and be done with yeah, it. Yeah, decompression, man. If you're going to use decompression and you're not doing a thing with it on purpose, like doing a deliberate pacing experiment, then mm-hmm. it just isn't as well served by graphic novels in general. And again, there are always exceptions, but we I wish we could get over our collective uh, need for that because first off, I mean, just, it's Diamond, right? Diamond's going to destroy the world, but... Yeah. They decide the amount of damage they do to the industry day to day. It's just not going to work long term with a newer audience because I don't even want that. And I love going to my comic shop every week. Same here. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I actually had a very, like I was telling, was it you, Matt? I can't remember who, but I was talking to somebody and I said, oh, X-Men 92, I had like this X-Men 92 issue. Oh, yeah, yeah. That I got, I, that, it was you I was telling It was this. me, yeah, yesterday. It was just yesterday. I was telling you this. And, I had X-Men 92, and I was like, and my comic store had the issue still out on me. So I was like, okay, well, could you order me the issue? So they so they're like, okay, yeah. And I was like, and it's like two weeks passed, three weeks passed, four weeks passed. Like, I got issue number four before I got number three. Yeah. Oh. Because so, they, they, they couldn't, because I was like, okay, I understand. Diamond, right? Yeah, Diamond. I'm like, yeah. okay. It's always Diamond. And like, so I read Valiant books. Because somebody, like, patiently walked me through the Valiant stuff until I discovered it was awesome, which, sadly, is difficult to do on a person-to-person level for, you know, 100,000 people. But they'll get there. And uh, my Mm -hmm. entire store is still in the sort of 
Ain't that the 90s thing? So they don't read it. Oh, man. And so they mess up, you know. If something gets messed up, it's always the book that only, like, one person is reading because that's not your top priority at that point. (laughs) As well, it shouldn't be. And um, I didn't get Ivar Time Walker issue six for easily four months. Wow. (laughs) Because Diamond was just like, no, I don't feel like sending it to you guys apparently ever again. That's so strange. Yeah. And I'd come in and be like, so, <laughs> Ivar Timewalker, I know the new volume's out. No, the issue's still here. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's Diamond. But what was it? There was, I, I got this, and also, like, at my comic store, I'm now going to be the oddball. Like, like when my comic store had Kim and Kim, I was like, wow, cool. Like, I, had for, I had forgotten to pre-order in it. Bad me. But my comic store actually had a few copies in there, so I was like, oh, cool. But the reason why I'm going to make a point to put on my pool list because I know I, I hope I'm not doesn't happen, but I hope I'm probably going to be the only person getting it. Yeah, because right. there's like four kids, like when four kids walk into a bank, I I had that put on my pool list. I'm probably the only person at my comic store that's getting four kids walk into a bank. Yeah, and that's a shame. They but... easily get lost if you don't, you know, if you don't order them, if you don't pre-order them. Yeah, yeah, it's like their whole series. I need to go back and find because before I had a pull list. It, wasn't happening. This is the problem. The barrier to entry is too high. Mm-hmm. Too far and, ahead. And and that's why like and that's why people there's all people that really like comicsology because things just go online and go, well, but it's like I am such a print nerd. I adore print. Yeah. Mm. I, I like it to pieces. See, I'm a digital I'm, nerd. Well I'm not a digital nerd. I'm a neutral nerd, I guess. I want you know, yeah. my trades of things like Wicked and Divine, which I have like every version they've made of it so far, so that's great for my wallet and brain. Um <laughs> I, uh, I don't fangirl much, but when I fangirl, I fangirl hard. Anyway. <laughs> and expensively. <laughs> yes, very expensively. Gillen is a very expensive <laughs> habit to have. <laughs> but, uh, what was I? Oh, train of thought, come back, train of thought. Oh, but yeah, like, Digital. by and large, I buy single issues physically because it makes the creators happy when I can, like, take a picture of it mm-hmm. and show them that I physically bought it. I don't buy it because I need more of these things laying around. They're in my way. I just want to read it and then move on with my life. Yeah. And I hate that yeah, because, I... you know, the the digital war, we used to have the rights to things we owned, and now we've given it up for just the license and such, and comicology yeah. is a monopoly, and that's terrible, too. But I'm like, it's still the optimal way to read for me, so... Yeah, I'm like that. I read I, all my I, singles I, I digitally, and I get my trades physically. Yeah, I think if, yeah, I, like I, to, if I like to read a, a trade, I like to if I if it's worth getting in a trade, it's worth you know keeping and collecting and reading again and again. Yeah, it, I, I actually and by the way, I'm actually trying as funny as right now because like like a Nighthawk for example. Mm-hmm. And by the way, L, your pictures of Nighthawk were kind of amazing. I still can't and believe I didn't kill myself trying to get down from that. I was like. Dang, but but as like I actually but like my comic store is like wiped out of Nighthawk right now. So and I'm like, wow, man, I know this sold out. I mean, I know it's like like second print wait for whenever it hits, but because like number two even wiped out. So I'm like, well, because I I was even at so I was like I was even at this like because like a uh, books a million here like they have like a used bookstore second in Charles and they actually use the spot they actually have a comic store and they have a little mini comic store inside second in Charles so. I was wandering around a second in Charles going, maybe they have Nighthawk, so then I can finally read it? No? Darn it? So I'm probably going to have to get that digitally because I can't find any copies of it, like, anywhere. So, so it's like, 
Elle, what did you do on Twitter? What pictures did you take? Oh, um, night of, of night hockey, me? Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, you. Ramon Vill, Vill, Villa Lobos was doing a like competition, which I'm sure I lost. I didn't even check. Uh, where you were supposed to take a picture of your shoes with Nighthawk, because of course he's like the patron saint of shoes in comics. He's really into his shoes. He's he's really is. magic. Uh, and so <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't own any sneakers. And it's supposed to be sneakers, because again, Villa Lobos. I don't own mm-hmm. any sneakers, but I can at least make this funny and, you know, do something with it. So I took a picture of myself um, with some of my work high heels on, and I was like, I want the light in this to look right. So I wound up just hanging upside down off a windowsill and sticking my feet <laughs> up in the air. Um, so it's like pinned against the windowsill with my feet, my shoes on it. And then I like could not get back down again. <laughs> that is dedication. And I'm like, is- this book going, I don't want to ruin this book by kicking it really hard. But <laughs> that might oh, be you know, breaking your leg out the window. Yeah, basically. <laughs> that is something. I didn't know that part. Oh, wow. yeah. Oh. Yeah. The, um, I also have a bunch of hilarious pictures of myself falling over trying to do the Black Canary kick and scream thing for Brendan Fletcher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That's, this is becoming a trend. I'm starting to learn a lot about you from this. The, the fact is that I have absolutely no like hesitance at looking stupid on the internet, so I will always take stupid pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and they are always the most fascinating of people. I, I, I loved your I loved your Squirrel Girl shirt, by the way. Oh, yes. I was pleased. That was that. great. The Squirrel Girl shirt that you said everyone gave you a lot. It, everyone like everyone was like, hey, Squirrel Girl. And I'm like, and and as I thought it was funny. I was like, I was like, try, I was actually because, OK, you guys picked up on it. I like doing puns and wordplay on Twitter from time to time. As everyone on comics Twitter except me does. Yes. I, I like it <laughs> a lot. And some people... I, I always think I always somebody I, I always get called my 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 dad humor because sometimes it's really horrible and cheesy and it's awful and I'm like the pun in wordplay is supposed to be kind of awful but it's but it's like I was like I was try, I actually looked at her going I'm trying to figure out a good pun for her I was like I was like racking my brain to pun you I was like <laughs> I want to pun her but I cannot find something I'm like eat but no that sounds wrong no I wanted to be cute not wrong. Wanting no, to put her sounds no, hard. and I, so I just I just came with something generic and just kind of like eh, gen- yeah, screw it. I'll, I I actually liked the shirt. I thought it was pretty cool. Then I then I realized later I'm like, dang it, I couldn't I could have probably said something about Anna Kendrick because because like Anna Kendrick now wants to be Squirrel Girl, and I thought about that later. I'm like, nah, that wouldn't have been really. But I was like, but I was like, I wanted like I wanted to give Elle like a very. And I always say, if I pun you, I like you. So <laughs> so if I pun you, I like you. So it's like. Like, I want to show Elle I like her, so I want to pun her. But I couldn't think of a good pun. But I couldn't think of something really funny or something goofy stupid. So I was like, but, oh, well, I couldn't think of anything cute and funny. So I had something kind of generic and complimentary, or but something nice. But I was like going, but this was, but was like, I like to pun the people I like. So, like, if I pun you, I love you. So I've never heard the word pun said so many times. <laughs> I, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's me. I, I like the pun. I, I I always think some some people go. I always think I I always try to watch it though because so I always try not to over pun because if I over pun, I always get always think people are going Wes, can you quit with the puns? Damn it, Wes, stop <laughs> I it! Think you got too long. You just evolved into Karen Gillan, right? I mean, that's yeah. The state of that is you wake up and suddenly you're like writing about pop stars because you just punned yourself to death. <laughs> yeah, like, I have like. Died by pun. Died by bad, bad pun. 
What's if you if you find out how you die, like putting your finger into the death machine, it just comes out with a little note that says death by pun. Death by pun. What? <laughs> so I'm very conscious of the time and I wanted to uh, get back on to talking about the issue that you brought on, even though we've gone on like a thousand tangents. Uh, but the one last thing I wanted to say was I think you picked a good issue because primarily because of Kate Bishop, because if you wanted an issue with an awesome female character, you kind of you pick the right one, really. And also she kind of sponsored your early comics reading because she was in Young Avengers as well. Oh, yeah. Kate Bishop is a great starter character in a lot of ways uh, for, you know, especially dames, but just for new people generally. And that issue two is, I believe, the first time they do the Hawkeye-Hawkeye thing. Yeah. And then the issue after that, they establish the Hawkeye-Hawkeye thing. <laughs> yeah. Just such an elegant right. fix to that problem. I'm all yeah. about the elegant fixes, and it's just great. It's great I think that it, I she's think given it... her own identity, and it doesn't impinge on Clint until you get to the Lemire run, and she's you know, opinionated and strong and really good at what she does. And he doesn't have to save her, mm-hmm. which, you know, he thinks he's going to have to save her. And you're like, Oh no, he's going to have to save her. And then she's like, nah, fool. I'm going to shoot three people at once while you're carrying <laughs> me into a pool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll do. And I love the, um, though I am still waiting patiently for them to ship her with America Chavez. So, you know, whenever you want to get on that Marvel, I think I think there needs to be an America Chavez solo or ongoing series. I want a Whitley one because we all know there was totally going to be a short story with with uh, Chavez and Kate going on, you know, adventures during Secret Wars. It was like going to mm. be in the Secret Love book, and then they canceled it for some reason to do with America Chavez only being in one universe at once, I guess. And like, I want that back though. <laughs> Yeah. One I'd loved uh, in this issue as well. There's a page near the end, uh, well, second to last story page, and it's David Aha coming into his own because there's 25, and I counted them, there's 25 panels to this one page. Yeah. Where it's an entire kind of phone conversation, really horrendously awkward phone conversation <laughs> between Clint and Kate, where he's just trying to recruit her to be you know on his team and he's she's just wants to know why and he's just like asking him why you know you know plenty of avengers you know captain america you know spider-man and he's like yeah you're smart and she's like yeah everyone else is smart and he's like yeah you're rich he's like yeah yes so are you now and he's like because i don't want to sleep with you and which is the worst thing you can say (laughs) just super like her face as well is like well good you know you're old enough to know how creepy that would be (laughs) which is brilliant and you know you gotta figure that he wanted to shoot you gotta figure that the editor too wanted to shoot fraction for all those words to go on that (laughs) listen i'm sorry but i need to write a short novel that should be on three pages in one and i was just just like okay fine i can do that but and he matches it really well in this one are made of beautiful they're so pretty yeah, in the whole and the book color, you know, to, to propel motion and distinguish who's doing the shooting of the arrows and such. Yeah, it's so pretty. It's a hell of a first issue to get back into comics. That's amazing. <laughs> that is so cool. And then the issue after that is the one with the boomerang arrows and because boomerangs, which I feel is also excellent. Man, I need to reread the Hawkeye. I'm not going to kid you. I kind of want to. I kind of want to go on this binge read of Fractious Hawkeye now. <laughs> Just I know. Yeah, I'm I need sat to looking buy at them on my four. shelf. I, I managed to get the two oversized 
like hardcovers. Oh yeah, I would have gotten pretty. some. I didn't already have the singles and the trades. you fango hard one of these days i'm gonna wind up with the hardcovers of young avengers and hawkeye and it's gonna be like well she has one aesthetic and she does it well (laughs) Well, i think that wraps up our conversation yeah thank you for joining us on the show it was awesome speaking to you yeah thank you for having me it was an absolute pleasure to have you al i it's, it's it's nice for me to have kind of like kind of like I get it like I always wonder like that is really cool because like it was funny when we were hacking our, our dream guest list and like we were both and I, I was like you know what I'd like to have on I like to have Fens and Fridges on yeah me too <laughs> so, yeah like, you're on my list as well we, both on a, we have like dream guest list and, like you're both on our dream guest list so it's like perfect well I can usually be relied on to make noise with my mouth <laughs> my ass my like patented technique is just talk at things until they agree to let me hang out <laughs> well it worked it did it somehow worked with comics twitter too that's like the thing about it is i just showed up and was like i'm just gonna talk at people oh okay oh and now you're calling me a tastemaker what does that even mean oh god <laughs> And the fact that me and Wes have a podcast means that that's all we like to do as well. Just make noise with our mouths. I actually thought it was funny. Like I said, like I said, like I, that's what, half the people I've ever met on Twitter. It's usually just me randomly popping into a conversation and I just go, I, I, I don't, I try not to do it too often, but if like something I know a little bit about or something, I can kind of pop in and go, yeah, that's cool. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Awesome. Where can people find you on the internet if they want to get in touch with you? Well, you can find me at, at Femmes in Fridges or just by searching Femmes in the Fridge. That's Femme like Femme Fatale. There are two M's in it, Rock Up Church. Um, I've been making fun of him for that for like four years. Uh, <laughs> and I have a website that's www.femmesinthefridge.com where you can email me if you uh, need a freelance editor for your comic, but you do, even if you don't think you don't. And... <laughs> My email's on there as well. I have a Facebook page. I don't recommend using it to contact me. I'll probably find it eventually, but it'll take like three years. So yeah, thumbs in the fridge. Thanks once again to our guest, Elle Anderson. You can find her, as she said, at Fems in Fridges on Twitter. Uh, please give her a follow, give her a like, give her some friendly talk. Um, but she's had way too much of the bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she she's was a cool lady. Guest. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, This was episode three of That's the Issue. Uh, You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, Podbean, and now Google Podcasts. Thanks, Yes, Google Play. You can can find us on the Google Play. Which is awesome. It's really cool. I got the the upload. It was really easy to get uploaded, too, which was really awesome. So... That's ace. And you had to do that for me because they don't have yep. um, Google Podcasts in the UK yet. Yeah, I didn't know or, that. That was weird, but it was really easy to get set up. It took me like barely, like only like it's like basically by, it took any, it took no time to get reviewed. And I was like, oh, this is easy. So yeah, now you can find us on Google Play. So Sweet. So if you like the show, please subscribe. Uh, we've got some exciting content coming up for you. Uh, we just had some amazing content. Great interview. Uh, if you're able to leave us a review, uh, it really does help us to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, show notes will be available via the website which is awesomesourcecomics.com that's s-o-u-r-c-e as in your source for all things awesome uh, that's where you can find me as that's my blog uh, you can also find me on twitter i'm at matt loon m-a-t-t-l-u-n-e uh, where's where can they find you 
they can find me at, at Giku Landed on on Twitter, and you can also find me on my website at geekulated.com. It's been through a little bit of an updating law. Sorry, some stuff's been going on, but yeah. it's good. But, I, but I'm going to be getting back into updating that pretty ASAP. So, yeah, you can find me on Geekulated or at, at Geekulated on Twitter. So feel free, fire me a line. Sweet. And if you want to get in touch with the show, you can email us. The address is that's the issue podcast at gmail.com. So that's a new email address that we've got set up. Uh, we'll be back uh, in two weeks with the next episode. And in the meantime, I thought it'd be a nice idea to leave you with some inspiring words from comics. So, uh, with the words that Superman etched onto the moon itself, do good to others, and every man can be a Superman. Beautiful words, my friend. <laughs> Bye for now, guys. Bye. X-Men.